0: Around the Circle.
1: That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. It's another edition of Around the Circle. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit dot OMSpirit.com, affiliate of dot 3com David writes for Inside the Rebels and Affiliate of 247 Sports. Hey, buddy.
0: Well, it's Monday, and Mike Bianco and Old Miss are sitting in the driver's seat at the Coral Gables regional, Ben. So my first question to you, just right off the bat, <laughs> right from off last the last time bat. we spoke, you didn't think Mike Bianco was going to hold on to his job. Is that still an issue?
1: Yeah, they haven't, they haven't won a regional. They haven't gotten to a super. Okay. So
0: Mike Bianco's job is
1: riding on the result. I don't know that. No, I'm not saying yeah. that. Okay. I'm okay. simply saying that my perspective on it has not changed yet. <laughs> yet. If they win a, win a regional and go to a super, oh, man, it's setting up that we are old Miss possibility that we kind of floated last week. Remember that one?
0: Yeah. And, okay, let me ask you. Yeah, I do. Go to I a do. super, I,
1: get to game I, three and I, lose. Well, I,
0: I, I totally get it. But they would be going to what their fourth super in a row, yeah i I mean it, it, you just gotta look, I get it i mean i have lived and died with this baseball team like every other old miss fan,
1: lived and died, he said,
0: yeah, 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 I got e s t n plus I watch everything,
1: <laughs> so yeah, so listen
0: I mean here's the deal, I mean, I know. You can't care what anyone thinks. You must do what is in the best interest of your program. But does it look ridiculous to fire a guy that has been here that long that will have taken a team to a super?
1: Um, I'm saying they have to win more to to get to a super. So maybe let's just pump the brakes, enjoy it for what it is. And then whenever that conversation arises, whenever that is. What I said last week, I still stand by. Nothing has been decided. Nothing is done. Let it play out. And right now it's playing out in a positive way. It was really weird. I was getting some text messages yesterday because we're recording early on this funny morning. And Ole Miss wins. And it was all about Mike Bianco. And my response kept being to these people. It's like, why is that where your focus is? A team that struggled all year. Like you want to just focus singularly on this team. A team that struggled to meet expectations, that dealt with a lot, went into the postseason as they, as they were expected to, but as a three seed, is now a win away from advancing to super regional. That's that should be something that is on its own celebrated and people be excited about. Absolutely. Why are we talking about Mike Bianco on Monday morning?
0: Well, you know why? Because that's the oh, uh, I know why. That's yeah. the backdrop of all
1: this. Of course it is. Of course it is. And it's just and really interesting. So it's a really interesting college. dynamic because this is a great Ole Miss story. This is a great Ole Miss story. Ole Miss has gone to Coral Gables, the team that was ranked number one in the country earlier this year, limped into the postseason, the last team in the field, a three seed, and they're a win away. They're in control. Yeah, and they play at noon, yeah, and, and, and they got to beat Arizona. <laughs> if they beat Arizona, they kind of they don't completely make up for it because a win gets to Omaha and Ole Miss is one for eight under Bianco and Omaha advancement opportunities. But if well, they beat Arizona, that story wins, about man. how they got redemption against the team that put them out, and then they advance and go maybe play did Southern I, Miss.
0: They need something? Their two wins are against, unarguably, inarguably, two of the bluest-blooded programs in college baseball, um, in Arizona and Miami. And again, you know, if you just take the long view, of how they were playing at season's end. This is a team that peaked late. It's playing its best baseball now. All of a sudden, that pitching is there. Uh, all of a sudden, Tim Elko's getting those timely hits. I mean, you know, this is a very dangerous team. And, and you know, what's happening in Miami is not surprising. And if they beat Arizona today... Whether it be game one or game two, they're going to a super regional, either at LSU or at Southern Miss, depending on the outcome of that game tonight, this afternoon. And combined against the two, the Rebels are 4-1, and one, which includes a three-game sweep of the Tigers in Baton Rouge.
1: Bradley South I mean, texted me before the postseason started. And he's really bad about going with the ebbs and flows. He gets really down when things are going down. He gets really high, dangerously high, when things are going well. And right when Ole Miss made the field, he was like, all right, five and 5-0 starts now. And when you think about it that way, Ole Miss is now three wins away from Omaha. So you have to ask yourself, is this a team that's capable of winning three straight games, let alone five straight games? They want two, just, can this team have a, a three-game winning streak over its next three with the opponents you know it could potentially play? And with the way they played the last couple of weeks going into the postseason, yeah, yeah, it is not unrealistic.
0: Well, 100%, 100%. Today is the big day, obviously, mm-hmm. because I'm going to tell you, I've got a lot of confidence in Dylan DeLuchin. I've got a lot of confidence in Hunter Elliott, uh, starting those two guys in a super regional. I like your odds in both of those games. And, um, you know, today is the question mark. You're going to throw Derek Diamond out there? And then, you know, let's hope there's not a second game today. I mean, that, that's where I'm at. Because I think it's it's too early to bring Dylan back because,
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he
0: picked Saturday. He can't come back today. Hunter can't come back today. So after Diamond, it's, it's really just kind of by committee.
1: Which is the way and it so needed retired. to be and should have been all year. The only problem has been a lack of a true quick hook. For Mike Bianco. Now you're in the position to where you need to have a quick hook. If
0: Let me tell you something, though. And, and you know, we all learn something. We're never too old or too seasoned to learn something. Bianco has managed his pitching staff. beautifully, Extremely well at this regional. Definitely. A-plus on what he's done. No doubt. And, you know, Let's see what happens But just have a, a quick bit. hook
1: today. So Derek Diamond does not see need to see that Arizona lineup for a third time. Just cannot happen. You have too many options behind him. I mean, I'm of the opinion, yeah. and again, I don't have the Sharpie. I'm not the manager. I'm just some dude talking. I'm of the opinion that you, started, you should, should have started Jack Washburn because this is what you recruited him for. This is a guy that was accomplished at Oregon State, Oklahoma State, whichever one it was, and was a Team USA guy. And this is what he was recruited to do, nut up kid, go win a ball game. So I would have thrown him just because this is what you recruited and signed him to be or to do is to win and advance you in the postseason. But I get why he went with Derek because Derek, the first time through the lineup, is ge- like generally really productive. It's whenever he runs into him a third time and has to try to make adjustments where he runs into trouble. So as long as you have that quick hook, if you're Mike Bianco, I think you'll be fine because they do have arms they're all kind of the same you know none of them are really all that much better than than the rest of them so you just throw one of your guys but be ready with the next guy or two or three or four at a moment's notice Any anytime it feels like the game is turning in a way that you need to put a fire out, go get your pitcher because I don't think any of these guys have earned their earned the trust of Mike to just be that traditional oh man go till he you know he can't go no more.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I definitely did. But uh, you know, I, I think it's big. I'll, let me just say this: Ole Miss needs to take the kill shot in game one. one. Today. There does not need to be game two.
1: Not another you black Monday. Need- just please, not not like this. Not like this. The, think about how appropriate, but also awful it would be if that's what put Ole Miss out, and then the Mike Bianco stuff starts in earnest later today. Because Ole Miss has um, Black Monday 2.0. Now it's not exactly Black Monday 2.0 because Tennessee Tech came into an Ole
0: Miss. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, Tennessee Tech
1: came into an regional. Ole Miss took control. Tennessee Tech won two games on a Monday because of the weather and put Ole Miss out. And that was one of the most – I think it is the most disappointing postseason performance for an Ole Miss team that legitimately had a shot and the talent to go to Omaha and potentially win a College World Series. That was the most disappointing day um, in Ole Miss baseball history. Now, it's not going to be that. It's not. This
0: team has been taken to its knees this year. Yeah. You know, going from from number one in the nation and sky high to – Basically, you know, turning into a what was a laughing stock for about 30 days there, before they found themselves. But they have found themselves, and I'll, I'll say this too. You know, the coaching is over at this point in the season. There's not a there's not a kid out there on the field. They've all grown up. They all know what's expected. They all know what's waiting on them, and and you know. These win one for the Gipper speeches, uh, that's a bunch of bull crap. These guys know. Tim Elko knows what this team needs to do today. Everybody knows. So, you know, if they come out flat, it's on them. The but only you know, way Mike Bianco
1: this- and the coaching staff can screw up is with lineup construction and bullpen management. That's what I keep coming back to, have a quick hook. Yep. As long as you have yep. a quick hook, this team, it feels like the players are in a good, in a good place mentally.
0: Yeah, and in fairness to Mike, to be honest with you, and I've watched a lot of this tournament, there have been a lot of quick hooks that have backfired on some guys. You run through a slew of guys, two or three guys who can't get anybody out, and uh, all of a sudden Oklahoma State scores 55 runs or something like that.
1: And that's just um, baseball. You know,
0: yeah, that's
1: baseball. you got to right? play it's the odds on did. that. The odds say a quick hook in the postseason um, – is the better strategy will pay off more than if you just try to let your guy pitch out of it. I mean, there's no reason to uh, flirt with danger in that way. Now they're not always, they're not all always going to, you know, pitch through it or they're not all always going to work if you make a move, but you do that. You need to do that in order to protect guys like Derek Dunn. Cause you don't know, you might need Derek in a couple days.
0: Yeah. Well, so far Mike Bianco a plus on how he's managed his no staff. Doubt, period. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, yeah. been- Anybody can argue against that. No. And let's hope uh let's hope we feel the same way after today. I mean it's uh the weather's a little iffy down there, but uh you know, I think that's just typical Miami weather. It, it might rain, it might not every day this time of the year. So uh looks like they're gonna get this thing in. I would be shocked if they didn't. And you know what? You know, there was so much talk about hey, they ought to move this region blah, blah, blah. Now Ole Miss is in the catbird seat. Because if they if they were to get washed out today and tomorrow, they're Ole Miss in. goes to the Super.
1: Yeah, there it is. So
0: don't worry about it. You want to hear <laughs> a scorching no, hot about take that is- about this
1: Ole Miss baseball team? This Ole Miss baseball team, and just kind of its overall general collective mentality. It was better for them to have a real chance in the postseason to go somewhere other than be at home. I think they would have felt all the pressure in the world if they'd have hosted a regional. If they were to get in, oh, yeah. they needed to go somewhere. They needed to be able to just be with themselves and block it out and just be – because the talent has been there. It has been there all year. That's what's so frustrating about this team. But now you've gotten everybody back on board. This is exactly where they expected you to be. If you take the numbers out of it, the seeding out of it, how things played out out of it, Ole Miss is a win away. Ole Miss baseball is a win away from advancing in the postseason, going to a Super Regional for the fourth straight time. That on its own See, is, is what is they a, expected. So don't now that you've got everybody back on board, lay an egg, shit the bed, whatever you want to say, and have another Black Monday. Don't do that because then is that
0: a prime example of why college football needs a deep playoff no like doubt. college yeah. baseball and basketball.
1: Yes, I mean,
0: come on, look. Yeah, If if not for this, we'd have taken our Independence Bowl berth and been happy, right, for baseball. Um, but now, all of a sudden, Ole Miss is in the national conversation, and somebody needs to call the SEC Network and tell them that. Uh, I mean, there was about, I don't know, 30 seconds allotted to Ole Miss' victory in Coral Gables yesterday on SEC Now last night, and it was at the very tail end, and it wasn't like, they didn't have all day to put a report together, all night long.
1: Yeah, that That's seems it. pretty weak. I mean, it, was,
0: it, was, it was 30 seconds. It's like with those ladies who handle all the SEC softball stuff on, on SEC now. It's as if Ole Miss doesn't have a team. And I, I, it, it just it, it perturbs me beyond belief.
1: I don't you know, watch any of that analysis stuff day. though if i if it's not a game, I'm well, not watching s e c network or anything like that, like I'll get my analysis or whatever right
0: after the end of a game, so I've got it on that channel
1: yeah
0: and I, and I mean, I'll sit there and listen to it, but you know, come on, we got twenty maybe thirty seconds yesterday that's it, and that's yeah. a very i mean the very last thing they get on the whole show well half of it. Was devoted to Florida losing at the Women's College World Series.
1: Meanwhile, it, it uh, last just, year, the year before, or whatever, when LSU was a three, it made its great run in the postseason with Paul Maneri in his fa- in his final year. Yep. It was nonstop wall to wall coverage. I get it.
0: Yeah, and look, I'm not one of these guys that that you know the officials are always against us. The announcers terrible. As a matter of fact, I hate those. I hate reading those posts. This announcer is terrible. You know, I uh, okay. I mean, but, but I don't disagree.
1: Game. I think that it's an outdated format. But this is their conversation. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just, it just aggravates me, man. The SEC network failed yesterday in uh, in, in showcasing and highlighting the accomplishments of one of its member institutions.
1: Man, Dude. y'all are so much fun at parties. I bet. I, and my friend knows exactly this listening. Exactly why I say this because he sent me a message like, "Well, I just I I can't believe they're winning. Like, how could you not be happy that Ole Miss is winning the postseason?" And um, and the day after, a couple of hours, the Monday after, Ole Miss is two and O in a regional with one win away from advancing the postseason. Davis starts talking about Mike and then comes back around and he's pissed the SEC Network. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, I'm just I'm just being honest, okay? We shoot we shoot from the hip when we do these. You podcasts. know what I can
1: tell I can tell that you're kind of. uh you're just kind of in your um, nervousness energy this morning. You know, you're kind of like in this place yeah, where, I am, I am. yeah, I
0: want Ole Miss to win something terrible
1: because okay? it's better than the alternative. I really like, I don't, I don't think any of us want to cover a coaching search. We don't have to.
0: No, no, and I'll be honest with you: whether he deserves it or not, I'm pulling for Mike Bianco. Period. Pulling I am. for Mike a,
1: Bianco. Mike Bianco, not Ole Miss. You're pulling for Mike Bianco. No, no no no, 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 no.
0: They're all in the same. As long as he's the head coach here, I'm pulling for Mike Bianco and the Ole Miss Rebels, okay? Um, But, I mean, honestly, I get the frustration. And and that's why maybe I've got a little nervous energy this morning. That's it. Is I've been following Ole Miss baseball for 30-something years, 40-something years. And, uh, And these last 22 have been rather heartbreaking. So,
1: Because of what it should have been compared to what it is or what it was. That's why it's been frustrating.
0: This is a a guy that steered this program to heights, really heights unknown, okay? I mean, on a a very consistent
1: basis. It's the consistency that separates them.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. But if you you had an average college baseball fan to write down the top 20 programs in America, chances are Ole Miss is going to be there. Mike Bianco has been at the helm of all that. Yeah. So I'm not so quick about just you know throwing it all away. Yeah, I mean there's a frustration level we all have it, and I'm going to have it something fierce if Ole Miss doesn't just go ahead and take the kill shot on Arizona and get them out because Arizona's pitching's got to be got to be really really questionable right now. I think this is going to be a uh, a nine five nine seven type day today. I don't think you're going to see a two to one. Deal like you saw Ole Miss beat Miami on Sunday. Um, They're going to be run scored today. And uh, but but anyway, nevertheless, I want an Ole Miss victory today. I want it in Game One. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I want to see them going to Hattiesburg. I'd rather be in Hattiesburg playing Southern Miss than in Baton Rouge playing LSU. Uh, But
1: um, I want it for the state. I want that for the state. Oh, it'd be
0: fantastic for the state because we all know what Mississippi State did last year, and it'd be great to have Mississippi representation yeah. back in yeah. Omaha again.
1: Well, I wonder, too, because, like, Ole Miss, Miss... I feel like Ole Miss fans in general, even with all the Mike Bianco stuff, it all comes back to one thing. They just want to win at that level that they pushed up against as Ole Miss baseball for so long and yet not broken through, and that's the frustrating part of it. So if this team gets to it, it's not like... Most fans are going to be going, oh, well, gosh, that might be ankle stuff. They just want to get to Omaha. That's all it comes back to. They want to get to Omaha. They even want to just win one College World Series. And I was, I was thinking about this the other day. We've talked about before, had Ole Miss just maybe gotten to Omaha, like they're one for eight in Omaha advancement opportunities. Had Ole Miss gotten one more Omaha uh, advancement, one, two, let's just say two, and they're, they've gone three times instead of one. Would that have been enough? Probably. Had they won a national championship in that 2014 year when they got to Omaha, they won it that year. I don't think anybody would even care. They just won it. That, like Mississippi State isn't in the postseason this year, but it doesn't matter because they won. They won. Yeah. So Ole Miss fans have yeah. like they don't have that win on the resume of a college World Series championship. And then when you put on top of that, compound that with the lack of success in Omaha advancement opportunities. That's why I get why the uh, frustration is what it is.
0: When uh, if, the, if the Rebels were to get to Omaha, when would they play Tennessee? <laughs> because oh I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody beating Tennessee. No. Nobody. No. Nobody. No. I would be shocked. I watched that game last night, and the big kid from Georgia Tech was just mowing them down there for a little while. But you just had this feeling
1: that, you know, Tennessee
0: was going to come back. And That's one of the best did.
1: college baseball teams ever. Better
0: believe it. It Reminds me, really, of some of those 80s, uh, 90s, and even –
1: Like the Oakland A's? The Oakland A's with Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco?
0: They remind me a lot of the Miami Hurricanes.
1: That voice you hear is David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Been on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Old Miss Spirit OwnSpirit.com and affiliate of own 3com This podcast is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler. Who is Thomas Chandler? Well, he specializes in retirement investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. He can help you out with pretty much anything you need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Call him today at 662-296-0186. The 662-296-0186 and start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. Let's hear from BNA Bank, Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram of Oxford, and a couple of other proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Ah, it's springtime in Oxford again. Who doesn't love springtime in Oxford? Flowers bloom and the squares popping. Ole Miss baseball, little old Miss spring football. It's honestly one of the best times of the year, so why not enjoy it? See all the beauty that Oxford has to offer in a brand new car, truck, or Jeep. Well, if you're in the market... The only place to go, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience and what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford, Mississippi. As Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram of Oxford, aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, this is the only place to go. And when you go, ask for Brian or Mason. Tell them. Talk of Champions since you. And take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram of Oxford provides by contacting them at 662 662- 662 2348000, that's 662 2348000, 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: I was making a steroids joke. Yeah, I know. I know, I know you were. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. with Billy Martin at the helm, man, it on
1: past it. Those like Ben, I know everybody knew you idiot.
0: Yeah, well, I, uh, I get the comparison. They are not. They are.
1: I'm they not are saying team. Tennessee is taking steroids. I'm playing off of the joke where I think one of the color commentators for one of their games actually said, "Hey, this dude, their catcher, he missed the game yeah, for a couple exactly. games." Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Drug-related causes. Straight up that's said it, guy. like
1: said it to God and everybody. Like, dude, he's missing it because he got—he's yeah. been on steroids.
0: Yeah, his daddy had to tra- track the guy down and uh, clear it up. And uh,
1: that's a good dad know, was, right there. That's a good baseball he, dad. Man, you got to be oh, ready to throw in things.
0: Look, let me tell you something. As a dad, he was probably ready to kill yes, that yes He that was. Broadcaster. He, I mean, are Papa you never... kids dealing with anxiety issues and stress and? um you know, and I, I don't know. I'm old school, so I really don't know what that is. But... Um,
1: you don't know oh what anxiety man. is?
0: I know what anxiety is, but not in relation to athletics.
1: Oh. oh as someone who deals with anxiety or who has dealt with anxiety, I can feel that. It can be crippling and terrible. You no,
0: know, what, what what I'm saying is back in the 80s when I was playing, that was called butterflies. Concussions were called knocks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. You
1: know, what did they you used to not, say? what Weren't uh, concussions, not, it wasn't stingers. What did they said, They used to say, you got, you got your bell rung.
0: Bell rung. Yes, yeah. sir. Absolutely. I got yeah. hit so hard at practice one day, man, I, I, I didn't know who I was. And I remember my coaches just standing over me laughing and joking. Laughing, and,
1: laughing at you.
0: Yeah. And, and I just laughed back. <laughs> you had a
1: friggin' brain injury and they're laughing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for real. And I'll tell you, it was. Uh, it was Poppy Taylor who hit me. He was one of my teammates at Bio Academy in Cleveland. And uh, I think we've talked about this before. Poppy is now married to 80s pop icon Debbie Gibson. So uh, he's the guy that uh, gave me the worst concussion I've ever had.
1: I did not know that story.
0: Yeah, yeah, from Skeen, Mississippi, man. Huh. He, uh, he went to college and went to med school became a plastic surgeon and moved to LA and Debbie Gibson was one of his clients. And now she is Mrs. Poppy Taylor.
1: The worst hit I ever got. I don't know if you remember this guy, Jay Kirkland. You remember him? He signed with Ole Miss.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jay, I've told this story before, I think, but like Jay we were, it was ninth grade. And I just come up from, from, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth grade football. I'm advancing or graduating into high school football it was one of our first full pad practices. And, you know, when you're a freshman, you're trying to show out. Everybody says, hey, go out there and bust your tail and try to turn heads. You know, that's what they said back in the day. It's like, get out there and hustle and do your thing. You have a chance, kid. So I'm on the scout team yeah. defense, and I'm just trying to get people to notice me. And Jay, you know, he's a college football prospect, a big-time college football prospect. He's got Nick Saban coming out to his friggin' house, walking in. He's got Steve Spurrier. All these guys coming to his house, these legendary college football coaches. And – um he was just going through a regular old practice, I and mean, he's been through this a thousand times. And I'm coming across, and he's pulling, and, he, he keep, and like I keep hitting him way too hard. And, he, and I was like a little brother to him, and he's like, Ben, you need to slow down. You need to chill. I did it again. He said, fine, you screwed up. So then he comes back down, and dude, it was like Wally Coyote going off the cliff, you know, and then he leaves an imprint of himself in the ground. That's kind of what happened yeah. to me. He buried me in <laughs> the ground. And he said, do you understand? that Yeah, I got it. I got it. But it's funny how things have changed. It's totally different. It's for the better too. It's for the better because I tore my ACL my eleventh grade year, and I had to walk off the practice. But I'm not even good. I was never a good player. But I tore my ACL, and they were like, "All right, Ben, get in there, walk in there to the trainer." It was like, you know, <laughs> quarter mile to the friggin' locker room.
0: I have a theory on that, Ben. Though you know, the game has changed so much, and for in, in a lot of positive
1: ways. In that way, for the better, and- right?
0: Yeah, the health and welfare of the players must always be paramount. But you know, back when I was playing football back in the 1980s, most of our coaches, believe it or not, were Vietnam veterans. Oh
1: my God. They had gone through boot camp. A oh lot of them in
0: combat. Oh no, no, it's true. It's very true.
1: Did they treat football practice like a, boot camp?
0: Yeah, more oh of a God. militaristic um approach to things i mean god i remember two days opening up in august Mm -hmm. oh my god we'd have 100 kids out day one by the end of week one you had 60 by the end of week two you had your 45-man roster i mean it was almost intentional they were trying to they they called it uh you know getting you into into shape
1: yeah getting you into shape but really they're they're torturing you yeah
0: they were running people off left and right. Our because- final
1: period uh, every day was at 2.30. And that was, uh, that's when the dread was set in the pit of my stomach because we'd have to be on the practice field by 3.15. And my yeah. first coach in high school was an absolute idiot named Steve Denson. Absolute moron. And he kept us out there until 7 o'clock every single day. And yeah. for those of us that played JV back in ninth, tenth grade, We would practice all that time, and then we would go in, get dressed, and walk onto the field and play.
0: Yeah, you know, and nowadays, it's hard to find a football practice that lasts more than 90 minutes. Right. Just because coaches understand the point of counterproductivity. Yes. And lack of attention span. I mean, so, you, you know, everything is streamlined and ran very efficiently now. To maximize the time that you're on the field. And, it's not about being out there for four freaking hours.
1: And they emphasize what's supposed to be the core thing about this. Fun. Fun. It's football. And people are starting to, or coaches are starting to kind of, well, not starting, they are. Um, it, it helps with efficiency, but also you got to enjoy what the hell you're doing, too. And Ole Miss Baseball is enjoying what the hell it's doing right now. They're 2-0 in the Coral Gables Regional Here's my question. Are they gonna finish it today? Is it gonna be over today? Or is this gonna be a weird day for Ole Miss? Like where do you, are you do you have are you going to it with excitement or weird sense of dread about what could happen? A very, very we are Ole Miss moment.
0: To be totally honest, both. I'm excited that the games are today. The game is today, hopefully. And um but at the same time. Yeah, Arizona's a really, really good baseball team. Are they capable of beating Ole Miss twice? Yes. yes. They you are. said it
1: before we started recording, Ole Miss is out of pitching. If Ole Miss is out of p- pitching, Arizona's out of pitching.
0: Oh, yeah, Arizona's definitely shot. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. But, um, you know, it's part of the fun. The bottom line, I think today's game, it's on the hitters. Ole Miss has got to get timely, clutch hitting, and uh, and outscore Arizona. That's the formula today. This is there's nothing any more complicated than that. I mean, you would think. I don't know. Mike Bianco is probably going okay. Let me get three or four solid innings out of Derek Diamond. And um, if you get that from Diamond today, you know you gotta you gotta like your chances. But, but, no, I have a I have a feeling of, uh, well, concerned excitement. Well, here, here's the funny <laughs>
1: thing is the games were so late. I think the first game went until, like, 2 in the morning Saturday night. Yeah. And so Saturday night I fell asleep because Jake's the one that does the game to game coverage for us, the Old My Spirit. So I, I went to sleep. I just dozed off. I was watching it. I was like, I want to watch it, but I'm old now. And so I fell asleep, woke up at 3 in the morning, Ole Miss has won. Uh, the Braves have won. I'm like, you know what? I might be on to something here. So I went to sleep um, during the game yesterday, too. I wanted to that's know. It's pretty
0: impressive. and sh- Dave sure in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. I,
1: it was delightful. I had nobody in the house, David. And that, that's danger territory for taking a nap. When no one is in the house, when you have a wife and kids and they're all gone and it's just you and whatever you want to do, most of us default to sleep. I just want to sleep. So I went to sleep mainly because I was like, I wonder if I could have, because it was really cool to wake up at 3 in the morning and go, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss won, the Braves won. So I went to sleep again, and sure enough, I wake up, Ole Miss wins. Um, the Braves wins. So my question is, on this Monday, I'm not tired. Do I have to, do I have to take a power nap now? <sighs> do I have to? I get it. I mean, if I have to, yeah, I mean, if you're going to yeah, twist my arm, broken, if you're yeah. really going to twist my arm, I guess I'll take a nap on this Monday.
0: Yeah, yeah, wake up about four and see what happened with game one.
1: Um,
0: But anyway, you know, so prediction-wise, I think Ole Miss is going to take care of it, game one. Let's go, let's go. Tonight, you're just going to be cruising the channels, watching everybody else sweat it out. Throw a steak on the grill, a
1: celebratory steak on the grill, light a cigar. David is calling it breaking news. Ole Miss baseball advancing before a pitch is thrown, in his third game in Miami. Ole Miss is advancing in the to the to the super regional round, going to the College World Series. That that
0: limb is already broken, so (coughs) we'll see. Hey, real quick before we get out of here,
1: because we do this together a couple times a week now. There was a big recruiting weekend for Ole Miss football, a bunch of visitors yeah. on campus, but not necessarily what we thought it was going to be. Just what's your general – for the Ole Miss fan that wasn't really plugged in this weekend, what's the biggest or general takeaway, the thing they need to be knowing the most about what happened?
0: Yeah, we knew the names that were coming, and and there weren't that many of them, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Saturday is a high school 7-on-7 camp, so, you know, you're kind of limited to what prospects are on each of those rosters. Um Um, You know, it wasn't a star-studded two days, but there were some stars there. Um, Yeah, I think there's some stars in the making. A kid out of uh, Mills University School in Little Rock, uh, his 7-on-7 team was here Saturday, and uh, his name is Jabray Shaw. And he's a running back slash safety slash corner. And during 7-on-7... Jabra Shaw has seven interceptions. Well, you know, you got to do something spectacular if the coaching staff doesn't know who you are before a camp starts for them to know who you are at the end of the day. They knew who he was, but they only watched him in the seven on seven settings. So they've called Jabra Shaw and said, Hey, you got to get back over here and you got to come now. So he's going to be back in the Manning Center tomorrow. Camping for a scholarship, um, you know, it was a, it was a, a a good weekend, obviously, but um, you know, we we've got a couple more of these to go Tuesday, and then once again this Friday night, and uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, we're sitting out in front of the Manning Center, and just several of us talking to each other. Yeah, I'm not even sure they'll be doing camps in two or three years from now just because of um, the transfer portal. And what I mean by that is is when is somebody at a college going to go, you know what, it's more advantageous for us to use this time to bring in the guys we want to see work out, period. Now, the only disadvantage of that is that, you know, for a lot of schools, guys who are lower on the staff rung, they make summertime money off the camp funds. So uh, that would be gone. But in the SEC, does that really matter? You not really. Find that money not somewhere really. Where else? So, so, you know, my bold prediction is two or three years from now, there may not be any college football camps like we know them now.
1: Well, they don't, they don't serve um, the purpose that they used to. I It's crazy. Old days, not even, I don't want to say even 10 years ago, maybe like five to seven years ago. Isaiah Spencer, a three-star wide receiver out of Madison Central, that kid would have an offer. Yeah. He would have an offer. Yeah, and he
0: counted for one Friday night, and it has not happened.
1: That's what so. I'm saying. It's just those are the kids that are getting shortchanged with the portal, guys that would typically have offers from – I mean, Ole Miss would be definitely getting him in a 25-man class where they need as many good players as possible. He'd be like Mike Hilton. He's not the most highly ranked guy, but I'm going to add this kid because of what he could potentially be. Now they don't have to take those chances anymore. So camps, you yeah, don't have and kids now, coming like earning a, earning an offer like Evan Ingram did. That's just not what yeah, happens. Now, or what was the, what was the name it? of the really fast safety? Golly, he started Ole Miss Word a weird number like 36. And um, the, God, what was his name? I can't remember I'm blanking. Ed Oliver? No, no, he, he was a he actually got drafted, drafted, or maybe he was signed as an undrafted free agent. He came to camp, he was a low ranked kid, he was a recent kid. And um, played safety, started almost for a couple of years and was ran a super fast 40, whatever, at a camp and got an offer and almost finished like, well, who the hell is this? And then he starts for you for like two or three years. And Ben can't remember yeah. his name, but whatever.
0: Yeah, well, nowadays, what you do, you know, if you're a Power Five head coach, is you let a kid like Isaiah Spencer sign while well, Arkansas State. And if he's all sunbelt after a year
1: or two, that's, that's it. Yeah. Done. Yeah.
0: That's what they're doing. Holy and, cow. Yeah, you know, that's
1: exactly what they're doing, man. That's it. Yeah,
0: and it just and, and not saying Ole miss. I mean I'm just saying that's what's going on in college football. But um yeah, I I mean it, there's just no value. Look, no value. I can tell you like when you freeze was coaching here, it was like the Army all American bowl during his Friday night camps. Oh,
1: there. these things mattered. They they mattered. And it's not just with yeah. you either, it's just that was what recruiting was.
0: It was. It was about who you could get on campus, and then maybe who you could get. And and the whole deal has changed. The whole job exactly. has changed. And you know, as well as I do, you know, we're all kind of in a flux. And when I say all of us, I mean me, you, and Neil. We're kind of we're kind of struggling with how to cover all this stuff right now.
1: I think it's more analysis you know? and catching up with the kids afterwards, and and we really need to know a couple of things. One, if you don't have, if you didn't have an offer coming in, do you have an offer now? Two, where are you going to next? Three, when are you going to make a decision? And are you going to be an early enrollee? And four, uh, well, I can't remember what the fourth one was. But anyway, like there's some basic stuff. Oh, I've been, I was yeah. I actually lost my train of thought because I was looking up the roster. Cedric Woods was who I was talking about. Sorry, Cedric. Oh, yeah, yeah, Zed, yeah. He Thank came to got
0: camp. The NFL Combine. Yeah. yeah,
1: but he came to Ole Miss camp without an offer, and that's what it used to be. You'd go to summer camp, and, and I hear all these kids talking about how um, recent kids come to Ole Miss or whatever camp, and they say, uh, hopefully I can you know play my way or show out and show what I can do in front of them and get an offer. Well, that's what it used to be. It's not like that anymore. They know who they want to offer. If you haven't been offered yeah. by now in this environment, in this current uh, Ole Miss recruiting environment or just college football recruiting environment, then you're not getting one most likely. Not anytime soon. Yeah,
0: unless unless you're a kid like Javray Shaw that they probably didn't know anything about, walks in there Saturday. Blows up the seven on seven competition, and now they're begging him to come back tomorrow. And, uh, you know,
1: he's now a we, like we want to get serious about yeah. you. Now we want to talk to you. Now we yeah. really, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's different. good in that show, man. Um, Isaiah
1: Spencer reminds me no. how many, how many Isaiah Spencer? This is not a knock on him, but like, how many Isaiah Spencer's or Isaiah Spencer's did we see Ole Miss sign for years covering this stuff? Right? Oh, oh. Oh, there were four, or five in every class. Every so class,
0: you, guys, you, you took a you took a, a chance on. Yeah, because
1: like he's a next level player, and yet he's basically having to beg Ole Miss for a friggin' offer. Mm-hmm. And that's what's crazy okay. about the NCAA transfer portal and how it's had an impact. Just not on not just on how colleges recruit, but more importantly, it, it's adversely affected some really talented high school players. And I feel like JUCO players have been shortchanged too. It's just when the and I don't blame coaches, I don't blame schools. I blame the NCAA because everyone agrees that the portal is inherently a good thing, but they just basically said, "All right, go do the thing with NIL and whatever." Just fine, no restrictions, no nothing. And a lot of ki- like a lot of kids, like Isaiah Spencer or whoever that are talented kids deserve those opportunities. Well, they're getting screwed because schools can wait. I, I haven't thought about it like that before, to where like. Arkansas State is one of the schools that has offered Isaiah Spencer. So Ole Miss will just wait for Isaiah Spencer to be all Sunbelt, and then they'll go get him out of the portal.
0: Well, you know. They don't have to develop him anymore. Every, everybody needs to listen to Lane Kiffin. When he talks about the portal, and he talks about what the future of the game is. He's right. And he's unsure, and there's nothing holding these kids to anything. Nothing. Not a thing in the world. And, um, you know, that, that's the thing, Ben. We're all operating in an environment that we don't know what it's going to look like next year, Mm -hmm. much less five years from now. I mean, because there's a major shift going on in, in the, in, in college athletics. Okay. But with football, I mean, there are 50, 60 teams, maybe that can compete at the highest level. That means there are 70 that can't. But yet they're all playing at the same level for the same things right now. And it's only been exasperated, that gap, with the NIO and the transfer portal. So something's got to give. And, um, you know, we have these SEC meetings every year, and Greg Sankey talks about, you know, what they're thinking about doing and all that. And They never come to an agreement.
1: They never come to an agreement, ever.
0: Well, because you know, pretty much the rest of college football stood up at Sankey last year and said, "You need to sit down." Just whoa, and you know, Sankey is now maybe kind of deciding he's going to collect the teams he wants to collect.
1: <laughs> As he should. That's the, what he. His loyalty he is only to part, the SEC.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to play for their own thing, and That's it'll right. be the biggest thing, you know. But it's 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 just so different. I mean. You know, if I'm Arkansas State, there's no way I want to compete with Ole Miss or Tennessee or, yeah, I can't. And everybody knows it. I can't even keep my roster together.
1: Let me ask you I this. I mean, because
0: if I got to, yeah, go, go.
1: Who is Ole Miss's best player on his roster that still has his penalty free transfer? It's not Jackson Dart. It's not Michael Trigg. It's not Zach Evans. They've all used theirs. Who's the best player Ole Miss has that has not used his penalty free transfer?
0: Well, it had to be a young guy, um, pretty foot. much. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking um, too, that's why I mean, just, just for the heck, yeah, just just for the heck of it, let's just say, let, not the best player, but let's just say Eli
1: Acker. Eli Acker, right. If Eli Acker takes a step this year and becomes a next-level offensive lineman, even if he loves Ole Miss, he's an in-state guy, it would behoove him just to get into the portal to up his bargaining position. Oh, 100%. And make I mean, his money. Lane, Lane,
0: Lane has alluded to that.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, He didn't say it happened here specifically. He said, but hey, now you've got players coming in looking at the coach going, Coach, I don't want to leave, but if I do leave, School B is going to be paying me this, and mm-hmm. School C is even offering me this. Mm-hmm. What can you do?
1: It's changed the power structure, too, as far as how coaches can deal with kids on a day-to-day basis.
0: Oh, you better believe it. You always better be recruiting. But, you know, also what it's done is it's opened Pandora's box for booster influence within every single program. And I'm not talking about, you know, great seats, free tickets, free parking, chicken tenders. I mean, I'm talking about guys who have put serious, big-time money into players.
1: Play, and my expecting
0: God. that kid to play, and he's not playing. Look, 9 out of 10 of them are not going to sit there without explanation. And even if you give them an explanation, they may look at you and give you the explanation. Yeah. I mean, it just, the layers of, of the onion here are, are deep and wicked. I mean, it, it's just bad. I mean, what, what you could end up having is basically 20 guys running your football team.
1: Which you already kind of did, but now you really do because they have the money.
0: They have the money.
1: Uh, the coaches, Absolutely. they got the money too. So it's like, hey, man, you're making $7 million. Figure it out. Even you're making still, it
0: because we're, we're paying you that.
1: Even still. Man, can you imagine being a coach and having terms dictated to you by a kid? You just spent three, four years wooing and saying you're the greatest thing ever. Please come to my school. And then he comes no. to your school and now you're going to try to start being like a, like a military instruction, instructor so, or instructor.
0: That yeah, doesn't work kids. that
1: way. It don't work that way.
0: This don't is like real that. life stuff. It's not going to work that way. Mm. They're not at a middle school where, you know, they have to go there because it's right down the road. They don't there. have <laughs> to
1: go to your school. They don't have to go. No. And, and he was right. was no. like Kiffin when he said Bryce Young should get in the portal. Just to make sure he gets Every the most money he can.
0: Every year, get in the portal. Get bidding in the portal.
1: Because you can always just take your name out and you still haven't used your in, your one-time penalty-free transfer that the NCAA gave you. Start bidding wars over and over again and keep coming back to Alabama uh, they, for your two years, three years. Yeah, it's fine.
0: They've started. I mean, it, it took exactly zero seconds for this to turn into a nightmare. Now, Ole Miss benefited, we think, over the off season. With with their portal acquisitions,
1: a lot of credit Lane for so being out in front of that of, too. That was a big part yeah, of it.
0: Yeah, the rest of the SEC took notice of that. It's going to be harder the next off season,
1: and the so, next, and the next, and the next.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, eventually it'll get to a point where you have to peek over the fence and you go, "Do we collectively have more money than Alabama?" Do we collectively have more money than Arkansas or Tennessee or Auburn or LSU or Georgia? And that's your answer as to who's going to win this thing the way it's set up right now in the long run.
1: All right, your birds in your backyard, are they also predicting that Ole Miss is going to a Super Regional like David Johnson yeah, is you know, predicting?
0: I've got Cardinals, Blue Jays, um, a yeah, bunch do. of little brown birds. But yeah, uh, no, Your back I, porch I is like,
1: you. or your front porch is like the uh, in Paddington Bear, the home for retired bears. Aunt Lucy just sitting there rocking on a rocking chair. Every time I hear I talk to you and I hear those those birds chirping, I think there's David just sitting on his back porch talking about old Miss football. I tell you, bit, it ain't like it was in the old days.
0: <laughs> well, look, you know the most exciting thing I got going on in the back porch right now is my garden. So last summer, I'm not a gardener, okay. Last summer I decided, okay, I'm gonna grow some jalapeno peppers. I did so very successfully. So this year I've expanded the garden
1: Uh-oh. to
0: cucumbers, tomatoes, blueberries, watermelon, and jalapeno peppers and some bell peppers. And uh, I start my day off every day out there watering uh, watering the plants and all that good stuff. And uh,
1: So it is a retirement you know, home. You have made your home a retirement home.
0: You, you got know, a garden, really.
1: rocking chair on the back porch. Oh, there's my bird. Have you named your birds yet? That's when you know no, that you've gone off the deep no, end. I okay, just check. I
0: down. got squirrels too, and then the biggest job is keeping the raccoons away from my cucumber patch. But
1: <laughs> many a raccoon. Many I have raccoons. Many a raccoon.
0: Okay. Yeah, many, many raccoon. Yeah. yeah, that was an all-time
1: classic episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah back in, like, yeah, October. Well,
0: we've talked ourselves we silly.
1: So yes, we have. He's David Johnson I mean, at Rebels247 on Twitter. He writes for the for Inside the Rebels. He writes for Inside the Rebels and Affiliate of 247 Sports. I'm Ben Garrett. I write for the old Miss Spirit and Affiliate of dot 3com If you haven't already, subscribed, review this podcast on iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. Thanks, buddy. Let's hope Ole Miss advances out. Hey,
0: and, and look, you know, Ben and I are the best of friends, and we're always going to be. So... We really enjoy doing these podcasts. I honestly I didn't know where you. you were going with we that. What? Oh, yeah. you I thought you were about that? to okay. very
1: publicly be like, and Ben, it's not you. It's me.
0: <laughs> no, simple message. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's uh, it's two of the happiest moments of my life every single
1: week. Oh, my God. David. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, buddy. I'll see you awesome. next week. Or I'll see you later this
0: week. Love you. Yeah. Howdy, China. Bye-bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.